This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates, as well as our satellite distribution providers. Um, Sherry Wild is my guest this hour. She was born in southwest Wisconsin and continues to live in the small community that she actually grew up in. Sherry was living an idyllic wife, life as a wife, mother, and business owner when, in 1987, her community experienced a UFO flap that was considered one of the most active on this planet. Now, Sherry's world was turned upside down when she was forced to accept this indisputable evidence that she was being abducted by beings of another world. Overcoming her fear and learning the truth of her involvement with these ultra-dimensional beings eventually became her life goal. In 2009, she was called off to the desert where she inexplicably found herself writing a book entitled the Forgotten Promise, a recounting of the amazing journey depicting her involvement with these creatures. Now Sherry accepts the truth of these encounters and has cooperative contact on a regular basis with the beings she affectionately refers to as her guys. Sherry is joining us this hour. We're going to be talking to Sherry about her experiences as well as her book, The Forgotten Promise, her website, www theforgottenpromise.net. And Sherry, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, Rob. Thank you. Uh, Sherry, take us back to 1987 and that UFO flap that you and your community experienced. Right. Um, it was uh, quite a flap. Uh, it was a hotbed of activity. It occurred in our little community here. Um, I live in a little town in southwestern Wisconsin, and it, it, the flap occurred um, in about three um, close communities, mm -hmm. so it covered an area probably about 20-mile radius, but um, the Center for UFO Studies sent up a couple of the investigators, Don Schmidt. Don Schmidt has since gone on to be um, an expert on Area 51 in Roswell. He's a best-selling author. He was the lead investigator, and... Eventually, um, we found each other um, because I 
had recently, I wasn't too concerned with the UFO flat, but I mm-hmm. had recently, at this very same same time, I had become concerned about an experience I had back when I was 17. I had had two hours of missing time, and I had become obsessed about it. So when my girlfriend told me about this UFO flap, and it had been in the papers, of course, I knew about it, but I just wasn't interested. But she said, well, let's go to the, let's go hear what the, the investigators have to say about it. And I said, well, I'm not really interested. And she said, this is my lifelong girlfriend. And she said, well, I would think you of all people would be would be interested in, to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, why would you say why would you say that? And she said, well, because remember all those times when, you know, you said that there were you saw aliens or you saw a spaceship. I used to talk about it, and I said, I don't, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember any of that. And she said, well, what about that time when you were coming to my house and and you lost two hours of time, and. That was a, and that's exactly what I had started to obsess about. Wow! At the very same time as this flap was happening, I had got this stuck in my head. I, it just came to the surface that I had had that two hours of missing time, almost exactly 20 years previous. And I don't know what which disturbed me more: the fact that I'd lost two hours of time, or the fact that I'd lived 20 years and never even thought about it, never bothered to even look at it. And all of a sudden, I became obsessed with trying to remember. So when she told me about this, um, the investigators coming up, then she said they had it in the paper that they were looking for people who had maybe seen a UFO and then had missing time. Mm-hmm. And I said, and that intrigued me. I said, well, what is that? What is that about? And she said, well, they say that they want to talk to those people, and um, they would use hypnosis to help them find out about their missing time because they think that the aliens on the spaceship captured the people, you know, and took them aboard the ship. And I just laughed, and I said, would you listen to yourself? Would you hear what you're saying? I said, that's the craziest thing I ever heard of. And she said, well, that's what you said happened to you. And I didn't remember any of it, but um, she was kind of my memory for me. But I went to the um, to the news report or whatever whatever they called it at the, um, at the gymnasium. I went with her because I wanted to get the name of a good hypnotist. Right. And that's what happened. I went there, and instead, my memory, they they showed some pictures of um, some ships, asked if anybody had seen any of those, and it just blew my mind apart. I, wow. just, I started having flashbacks. And, um, well, you and I are going to have a bit of a, a bit of a cliffhanger here because we have to take a two-minute commercial break. Yeah. Sherry Wilde is my very special guest of this hour, Exonation. We're talking to Sherry about her experiences, and... Um, the ETs that she affectionately refers to as her guys. She's the author of The Forgotten Promise. Her website is www.forgottenpromise.net. Sherry Wilde and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. 
To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Sherry Wilde is my special guest this hour, Exonation. She is the author of The Forgotten Promise. Her website is www.theforgottenpromise.net. And Sherry, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us about the, the UFO flap that had been reported on in your little town where you lived in, going back to 1987. A girlfriend reminded you about your very own uh, missing time where you had talked about seeing a spacecraft uh, w- when you were younger on on your way to her house. You then went with her to a meeting where investigators, including Don Schmidt, uh, were talking about the UFO. They were asking for people who may have had an experience or encounter. And you basically went there because you wanted to be hypnotized or you wanted to find someone who would hypnotize you to help you with your own recollection. Am I correct so far? Right, right. I went there looking to to get the name of a good hypnotist. Right. And um, I had no... I, I was actually quite arrogant when I walked in there um, thinking that these people mm-hmm. that were there uh, who believed in abductions and that aliens would, would kidnap humans and take them aboard a spacecraft. I thought that was goofy, and I never, ever considered that what had happened to me might be something along those lines. 
So I was just looking for the name of a good hypnotist. It was before computers. It was before you could Google and, right. and go online and find things like that. So I just thought that the, these people might have the name of a reputable hypnotist. But what happened is they showed um, pictures of some spacecraft that had been sighted in the mm-hmm. area and asked if anybody there had seen any any of these, and it created um, an explosion in my head. And I, I remembered that I had had a sighting just two nights previous to this meeting, and it just created a lot of conflict in me. So long story short, um, I did talk to Don Schmidt, mm-hmm. and um, I, I told him that I'd seen the craft, but I didn't really want to talk about it very much. And um, but I, I wanted to get straight to the point that I wanted to get the name of a hypnotist, and and he asked me why, and I just kind of glazed over and said, well, I just had this thing happen a long time ago, and I tried not to tell him very much, and I didn't think it was any of his business, but um, he wanted to know why, and I wanted the name of the hypnotist, so I shared with him, and he um, he stayed in touch with me, and he convinced me to allow the Center for UFO Studies to be the ones to regress me. You know, based on what um, I had experienced when I was 17, the story that I told him, he kind of, you know, it had all the trademarks, all the signs of being um, an encounter, and uh, he was hoping that was not the case, but he did not want me going in blindly and being hypnotized by someone and not having any backup support to to um, handle in case that is what they found. So um, that's how I ended up opening up my memories to what turned out to be a lifetime of these, uh, this involvement that started when I was a very small child. Let me ask you this question, Cherry. Why you? What's so special or different about you that, you know, the guys that you call her guys chose you for this, uh, this contact? Yeah, that's the number one question I get asked. And uh, my answer is always the same is that they actually, they didn't choose me as I've, um, peeled away the layers to my memories um, I eventually came to understand that the I chose them. That this is this is what I'm doing here, mm-hmm. along with pro- millions of others of us have come here as uh, volunteers. I would call it. it uh, Dolores Cannon probably penned that. I I considered myself a, um, a a participant in a program, but Dolores calls us volunteers, and that's as good a word as anything. So. I have come to remember, little by little, my memories are opening up, and I just remember things. And I remember who I was before I came here. I remember volunteering. I remember offering to come to be of service. And so I chose them. And before I came here, I made sure that I made them promise that they would not leave me you know, alone for too long. I didn't want to lose my connection. I didn't want to get lost behind the veil of forgetfulness, because that's what can happen. All right, let, let me ask you a question here. You you say that you chose to come here. So mm-hmm. l- are, are you a human being, or are you an alien? Are you a hybrid? What are you? Well, I'm a human. Um, all of us are humans, and we've all, all of us on the planet mm-hmm. have history of having been in other incarnations, other lifetimes, in on other planets and other places. Uh, for me, this is I be, this is my first time here mm-hmm. in human form, but um, that's true of, of a lot of different people who are on the planet, especially now at this time during this awake this great time of awakening. 
for the planet and for humanity. So so many of us came as volunteers. It it had to be done because humanity, planet Earth, the people on planet Earth have been stuck in this in this cycle of uh, reincarnation, you know, death and birth and death and rebirth for a long time. And planet Earth herself mm-hmm. had held back her own um, evolution in order to wait for her children to awaken, and it just wasn't happening. The planet basically became, you know, was enslaved. And so the, the, we had to put this plan into to effect to try to, uh, to bring about this, this awakening. So the awakening is... It spiritual? Is it of extraterrestrial origin? Uh, you bring in you bring in a metaphysical side that you tie in very nicely with a with the extraterrestrials. And you know, you talked about reincarnation and, and past life regression. I have been to a number of very well known um, regressionists, and not one of them can regress me to a different life. How come? Oh, really? Really? I know that, um, yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, maybe you came here direct from source. You know, I, that I can't answer. I know that if you try to regress me, mm-hmm. I can't recall anything other than just being, being uh, an etheric hmm. being. I, um, I'm not sure what dimension I was in, uh, fifth or sixth dimension, but I, I wasn't in form. Uh, I didn't have a body. I had somewhat of a body, but it's not anything like this kind of a dense body. Maybe you had the same thing. Maybe. I don't have. Yeah, I don't have any former memories of a, of lifetimes either. So, yeah. is, are we spirits that are from another planet? Are the and if and if we are spirits from another planet, why is it necessary for? us being spirits to be transported from one universe or one planet to the next in a craft if we're a spirit right we don't they only the the ships are used only when they come into a density where there's form i know that that's one of the questions too mm-hmm. is how do they get here yeah and it's the the universe is really a, a hologram and just like life on this planet is in all honesty so the truth is, is that we're energy, and so you don't need a, a ship un, until you get here, until you get into a density where it's required to have one. So, from what I remember, is we just you just you project, mm-hmm. you just kind of, you project a thought, and you're en- and because you're energy, you're just there. But they use a ship for being in this in this coming into this density when you come down into the fifth, fourth, third density. Tell me, have you ever been harassed by the government? Um, I was visited by the Men in Black back in 1980, I think it was 88 or 89, the Men in Black, um, and I believe them to be part of the government, but I've not been harassed by the government Mm. of late that I'm aware of. I don't believe so, no. What was your contact with the Men in Black like? It was horrific. It was absolutely horrible. Um, the way that I describe it in the book is, and I don't, I don't go on about it very much because it's so awful. But I described it as that they beat my soul. They came in one night and was, and they programmed me, and I have not been able to be regressed uh, since then. They did it um, on my third regression when Don was going to investigate um, one of my 
encounters from when I was younger, mm-hmm. and uh, they w- they did not want me doing that, and they l- gave me some warnings. There, the majority of of medical professionals and scientists put no credence into past life regression or regressive hypnosis. How do you deal with that skepticism? Um, I'm, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and I don't try to convince mm-hmm. anybody of my my story or of my experiences. I'm not interested in trying to to do that because there's there's no way that I can. It's it's my memories, it's my experiences, and as far as regressions, mm-hmm. I I'm not sure what I think about that. I only know that for me. I had two hours of missing time when I was 17. I couldn't access the memories. And Stanley Mitchell, who was just a phenomenal hypnotist, I think just the best hypnotist in the world, uh, he he was fantastic with me. He was very patient and kind. And he was able to access those memories. And I absolutely know without any doubt that what I recalled under hypnosis was absolutely the truth of what happened to me that day. Have you ever been submitted to a, to a lie detector test? I'd, I'd like to take one. Mm-hmm. I haven't. Um, no way. No, I have not. If these, if these guys are visiting Earth, why don't they just show themselves, get the skepticism over, you know, put their cards on the table, let us know what they want, end the mystery? Well, <laughs> I know that's another question that gets asked a lot, and they don't really care about showing themselves. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. What it's about... These beings are very spiritual. You talk about me segueing nicely from the abduction experience into the into the spiritual side mm-hmm. of it. They're, they talk continually about the Creator. Um, as a matter of fact, my guy, when I asked him if he was uh, a Zeta, um, because he looks like a gray, I said, are you a Zeta reptilian? And he said that would not best describe the truth of who I am. And I said, well, you look like a gray. You look like one. I said, well, then who are you? And he hesitated a little while, and he said, I am a voyager of the universe going where needed in service to the Creator. And they, basically, they, they taught me um, the three important things to know, which, of which the first one was, we are all one with our Creator. These guys are not about um, making themselves known. They're about caring for mankind, wanting us to um, free ourselves from the enslavement that's taking place on this planet. All right, stand by, Sherry. We've got to take our commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Sherry Wild is our guest, www.theforgottenpromise.net. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate. He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships, not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? 
For more information, go to davidchampion.com. $1.50 per minute paid by credit card with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing. 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080, 24-7, 365. Explanation, Sherry Wilde is our guest this hour. She's the author of For The Forgotten Promise. Her website is www.theforgottenpromise.net. So, Sherry, let me ask you, ask you, what do the guys want? Why are they here? They want us to awaken. They want us to rejoin the uh, rest of the universe. We, planet Earth was held back um, a long, long time ago, and has been quarantined for a very long time. Kind of um, the species, the the planet, um, there were some setbacks, some things that happened, and the the humans who resided on the planet, they didn't devolve, but they did fall into a state of separation, into a state of fear. And um, so they didn't evolve with the rest of the universe, with the rest of the solar system. And so it's time for planet Earth to catch up with the rest of the universe and God himself, the creator himself has decreed that it's time for his children to awaken. We've been in a state of separation here, mm-hmm. in a state of fear and, and like attracts like vibrationally throughout the universe energy is what the universe is and so when the planet fell into fear that's a low form of vibration and it attracted low vibration vibrational beings to it who feed off of that fear. So the planet's been enslaved this is not the way we were intended to live, the way we're living on this planet. So they just they just want to see us come back into the light. Once again, why don't they just show themselves? Let their let their mission be known. You know, they're they're putting a lot of because people they're putting a lot of people into very uncomfortable situations. You know, people don't believe. Well, they but they don't care. That's not and we don't need to be saved. Humans don't need to be saved. And that's not what this is about. What it is, is it's about the progress of the soul, about the soul having the experience of separation and then awakening and coming back into unity consciousness. And no one can come in and tell you about that. It's something that you have to experience on your own and discover on your own. It's not for them to come here and save us. You know, Why? We tried to come, we, we tried to come in and talk about it and teach. And instead, what happens is humans put them on a pedestal and and worship them and made them into gods and that's see that's not going to work humans have to do it for themselves that's the that's the kind of the game you have to you have to do it for yourself you call it a game so they're assisting 
You call it a game. Is it a game? Are we, are they playing with us? Are we their toys? Are we their no. amusement? Oh, no. No, no. Earth, planet Earth, all mm-hmm. of life is a game. I mean, we're all an aspect of the creator. We're all an aspect of the creator. All life is of the one creator, of one source. But So when you come out into form, into a density like is mm-hmm. on planet Earth, a third-dimensional planet, you're actually playing a game. This is it, we take it very seriously, but it is sort of. I mean, it's a, it's it's the creator playing in his creation is what it is. On this planet, it got a little bit um, dark because we fell so far into fear, and so that's why we needed to have this plan where they called on volunteers to come onto the planet to help to raise the vibration, to help to remember and awaken the people on the planet so they could return back to source and get back onto track. They've been stuck, you know, not evolving, and that's not, ever was, never the intention. How often do you have contact with these extraterrestrials or these beings, or, or as you call them, the guys? The guys? They, right now they're coming on a fairly regular basis. Um, they were, the longest that I know that I've lost contact with them was for about 10 or 11 years, but... Mm. I'm not even sure, but I don't. I didn't have any conscious contact during that time. It, I had almost continual contact when I was in my teens, and you know, well, from the time I was very little, uh, I would go maybe a year or two, three years. But I had a lot of contact when I was in my teens, early twenties, thirties. Uh, they they would disappear for three or four years, maybe, at most. But they left. From about the time I was 40 until I was 50, they were gone right in through there for uh, 10 years, or so it seems. But right now they're right now they're around because mm-hmm. they're working because of the ascension, because of the awakening. How do they present themselves to you? How do you know that they're here? Do they just pop up and say we're here? Well, in 2000 and um, when was it? 2009 or 10. Mm-hmm. When they, after they'd been gone for a long time, they did literally just show up one night in my bedroom. And they, I had to have been in an altered state because I was pretty calm about it when I woke up and, and he was right there. Uh, and I just looked at him and said, what are you doing back here? And, you know, and he said, well, we, remember we told you that the earth would be going through changes and those changes have started now and there's work to be done. And I said, oh, okay. So... It was part of my job. It was part of it was having to do with the abductions. I don't like that word, but the encounters that mm-hmm. I had back in 1987, 88, 89, and through there, uh, a lot of the time that I spent with them was spent with them training and teaching me and preparing me for. At that time, they weren't sure if planet Earth was going to make it. They said, if humanity makes it, um, this is what we're going to be doing. They had a plan in effect for the planet. Because at that time it seemed that only a certain segment of the population was going to make the cut and going to be able to go into the higher dimension with planet Earth, because planet Earth was had made the decision to go into the fifth dimension, and so those on who reside on planet Earth who can resonate with that frequency would be going with her, and those who did not, those who still needed more time to awaken, would be taken to another planet. That's what they told me. Now it seems that that the you know the actually it's looking like you know it's looking like 
most everyone is going to make it and and go with the planet into the into the higher dimension and that's a good thing that's a very good thing because then we'll leave behind the um the beings who came here and enslaved the planet and have fed off the fear of humanity for so long those beings cannot stand that kind of that that light they can't be in the light so we will actually basically ascend and leave that the enslavement leave leave the old world the war of, the world of war and fighting mm-hmm. and lack and suffering we'll leave that behind is anybody ever with you when you have these encounters or are yeah, you, or are you always alone yeah. or are no, you always alone does it happen in the night no most of my encounters happen during the daytime um, I have a lot of witnesses for to them but lately the encounters have been um, mostly at night, and my significant other actually asked if he could meet them, mm-hmm. which I get a lot of friends, a lot of friends who say, I, I, you know, can I meet you guys? And I, 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 I must have asked one time too many because my guy said to me once, he said, do you think me no more than a circus act that you can parade out in front of your family and friends to entertain them? And I said, oh, okay, sorry. But I did ask them if my significant other could could meet them. And he said, not now, perhaps later. He's not ready. But then about three months later, they did pick him up. And he's had encounters with them. uh, And he's seen the ships. He's seen their ship on the front lawn more than once. He's seen them in the room. Mm -hmm. He's had, yeah, he's had conscious. He has more, he, his encounters with them are more conscious than mine. I tend to, they tend to put me in an altered state more, I think, because I tend, I still tend to get afraid. My body reacts with fear initially, even though I'm not really afraid of them, I have a a reaction of fear to them. Do you ever take, do you ever take photos? Do you ever take photos of them? No, you don't, you don't think like that. You don't ever think about taking a photo, photo. You just, you, you're in an altered state, and what I think what happens is they step my vibration up, and mm. they step their vibration down, and we meet in the middle. And so you're in a vibration where you don't think along those lines. You just you don't. It doesn't even occur to you to take a photo. Uh, you know, the last couple times I've, their ships have been here, I've had lots of opportunities to take photos, and you, it just never even crosses my mind. I always get mad at myself afterwards, but when you're in that zone all i mm-hmm. feel is i just feel love i feel like i'm going home when i see the ships all right you said that your significant other actually saw the craft on your front lawn um yeah after the craft left were, th- were there any impressions or physical trace evidence that this in fact is real you know uh, i we had those back in the 80s mm-hmm. my daughters saw the places where they had on the side lawn a couple more than once they saw where the grass they took me out there and showed me where the, it was swirled in a circle and flattened down. But um, you know what? We never even went out and looked. <laughs> we never even thought about going out and looking to see if the grass was flattened. It was down in the, in the field, and there was long grass down there. I suppose there probably could have been. It was a big ship. All right, let me sure let, it even set down. Let, let me ask you this. You know, with your yeah. with your daughter bringing you you to a point where there was some obvious evidence, why no pictures? Um, Back in the 80s, I I guess, I don't know. 
I, the only time I remember taking pictures were uh, I took a picture of a craft. They woke me up early one morning and said, if you want to see us one last time before we go, you know, come out, hurry up and go outside. So I ran out the front door, mm-hmm. and I watched, stood at, it was just right before the sun was coming up, and I watched, the, there was a ship right over my neighbor's house. And as I watched the ship, it started to dissolve. And it started, and I was fascinated by it. And I was like, wow, look, at it. it's looking, it's turning like into a cloud. It was like uh, the sky had no clouds in it. There was just this gunmetal blue sky and then this deep gray craft that didn't have any windows in it. And as I watched it dissolve, I thought, that is so cool. It's almost, it's not going to be here pretty soon. And then for some reason that triggered me to think, oh, I should try to save a picture of mm-hmm. it before it totally disappears. So I did run into the house all the way back, grab my cell phone and come back out. And I took a picture of that. And it looks, it looks like a shape of a, of a ship, but it's, it's definitely fuzzy around the edges. It looks more, I think it looks more like a cloud than a, than a, than a UFO. Um, but I took pictures once um, of some bruises mm-hmm. and that sort of thing and gave them to the investigators. But I just, it, I didn't think about it. I was, you think you know your program not to do that, I think. Tell me, uh, have have they taken you in their spacecraft and zipped you around the, the galaxy or through the solar system? When I was seven or eight years old, I think about eight, they took me up and they showed me the planet. They Like they did a lot of children, they showed me the planet being destroyed. That was the timeline that we were on at that time. That was them trying to trying to remind me of why I was here without telling me exactly why I was here. The timeline that we were on back in, that would have been about 1958, 59, uh, planet Earth was going to be destroyed as it had been destroyed in the past. That was the path that humanity was was on at that time. So it, the vibration of the planet has increased since then. With the harmonic convergence in 1987, things changed. And humanity's vibration has increased enough to where we can resonate with the planet as she moves into the fifth dimension. But back in the late 50s, a lot of fear mm-hmm. on the planet, and it looked like humanity was going to have to be that it was that we were all out of cho- we were all out of chances. This was a last ditch effort to bring in the volunteers because there were no other chances. Planet Earth had had said she was going to move into the into the fifth dimension. She wasn't waiting for her children anymore. We had detonated the bomb in 1945, and that was it. There was there were no more chances left. Humanity was either going to make it or they were not going to. That's why the the hybrid program came was so active at that time. We were working to save uh, humanity, the Earth humans' DNA, because we didn't think and you were going to survive. So, You know, it's a wonderful story, mm-hmm. if true. How can, we, how can you prove oh. it to me and to the listeners around the world that what you're telling us is in fact true and not just a made-up story? Well, if you read my book, the, one of the first sentences in my book is mm-hmm. that I don't have any proof. I don't have any proof, and I can't offer you any proof, and it'll either resonate with you or it won't, and it doesn't matter to me. I'm not here to try to sell you on a story. I'm here to, at the very least, try to get people to think outside the box because what has happened on planet Earth is just a crying shame with uh, the humans having been 
pretty well enslaved and told what to believe. So I'm just trying to um, cause people to to look at their belief system and say, is this what I believe, or is this what mm-hmm. I was told to believe? But and but to when you speak to other when you speak to other contactees and, and others who have been abducted, they say that we have free will. We are here with free will. So if we have free will, how can they destroy a planet that they gave us permission to do? With what we ever want, whatever we wanted to do, because of free will. It's true that when we were originally created, when Earth humans were originally created on this third-dimensional planet, mm-hmm. they were gifted with free will in order to to learn to be co-creators with their creator. But the free will was hijacked, Rob. Hum- humans' free will on this planet was hijacked by their fear-based egos, and the fear that they fell into was was perpetrated and was actually fed by the powers that be that took over this planet. And those powers that be feed on that fear. And so humans have been manipulated and controlled. They've been, you know, they're, they're being dumbed down and kept in the dark and told lies so that these beings, so these, these powers that could be, mm-hmm. that, that are in control, can feed off of their fear. So their free will is long gone. So All right. I, what I teach is that you surrender your will and you realign your will with the creators. All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exonation Nation, Sherry Wild is our guest. She's the author of The Forgotten Promise, www.theforgottenpromise.net. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag, Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com.
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Explanation. Uh, Sherry Wild is our guest this hour. She's the author of The Forgotten Promise. Her website is www.theforgottenpromise.net. That's theforgottenpromise.net. Sherry, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And, and Sherry, I want to be a believer. I really do. <laughs> I, I want to be a believer. Yeah. But yeah. after 22 years of doing this show alone... I haven't seen anything or heard anything that proves to me in my own way of rationalizing facts and evidence that any of this is real. I want to be a believer. Well, you can. You can choose to believe, but it's not about believing. It's it's more about getting people to question their reality, question the the truth of who they are, to look deeper into themselves and say, who am I? Where did I come from? What am I doing here? What is this life about? I would ask you this, Rob. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you have children, but if you have children yeah. and, you're, and you're a creator, okay, mm-hmm. is this the kind of world you would, you would create for your children? Is this the kind of world you would wish if you had, if you were omnipotent like our father creator mm-hmm. is, this is not the world that our Father Creator gave to us. We this has been manipulated and destroyed. But who manipulated it? World who fear. manipulated it? The the beings that were attracted to the darkness that came onto the planet when humanity fell into fear. All right. If that is and the case, if that is the case, why hasn't the Creator done something? Why didn't the Creator or his his uh, emissaries come to the planet, take the negative forces away, and repair the damage so that we could progress in the way that he wanted. That's what I would do as a father. That's what I would do as a father. I know. I know, but you answered it yourself a little while ago when you said free will. Ah, you see, that's the greatest escape. That is the greatest escape clause that every person... Who, but it's true. Wait a sec, wait a sec, we, we wait a need, sec, wait a sec. But our creator doesn't... Wait a second, our, wait a second. Mm-hmm. It is an escape clause that people who claim to have been abducted, claim to have contact, claim to have gone to other planets, claim to be part of the UFO phenomena, claim to be part of the New Age movement, the New Spiritual Movement. Whenever this question is brought up, it's a very basic question, that... Why does a father destroy? 
Why does a father not step in and correct a wrong? I always get the same answer. Well, we have free choice. As a father, I will not. And if you show me a father who does not help his children, who does not step in front of them in, in the light of danger, who does not do everything in his power to protect his children, that's not a father. That's an enemy. That's an abuser. Yeah, but, but, but I can answer it if you want, if you want me to answer You've got 15 seconds. Okay, well, in our Father's eyes, we have not done anything wrong, and there, there is no danger to us. The truth is that we're not in danger. We're eternal beings. We are as we were created. And this is an illusion. This is a, a holographic universe. Mm-hmm. And so the truth of it is, is our Father knows that in truth we are not in danger. We are just having an experience, and we are asleep, and we will awaken, and we will be just fine. Well, thank you very much, Sherry. Great talking to you. I don't agree with you. I really don't. All these encounters, no proof. The opportunity to take a picture of where a spacecraft landed, allegedly, no proof. Once again, a great story. I love her story. It should be a screenplay. But do I believe it really happened? I don't know. There's no proof. I want to see proof. I want to believe. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news. Don't go away.